0: Blade Runner, that's an old one with Harrison Ford. Yeah,
1: I have seen that one, (laughs) not the new one. No, I haven't seen the new one. Okay, but you
0: saw the original. Yes.
2: Yeah, it's a start. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if you were looking for a movie that applied to what we were talking about, or just one that you've actually seen. Yeah, it was really just to get to
0: one that I've actually seen.
2: Have you seen Bambi?
0: Oh yeah, I have three kids. What does that have to do with cybernetics, though?
1: Nothing. I just wanted to find it. Oh. There's robots in Bambi?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Lancelot's Roundtable. Really excited to have back with us Jason... Spears and Christopher Dean from TruthfullyArmed.com and the upcoming new podcast, which may have launched, uh, launched already by the time that this airs, um, Operation Red Pill Podcast. Jason, Christopher, welcome back to Lancelot's Roundtable. Thanks like for it. having us. Yeah, nice absolutely. So we had a really fun conversation last time, so I kind of want to maybe pick up a little bit where we left off. Let's talk about how Truthfully Armed came about.
1: Well, it was a long, coldly night. (laughs) It was Uh, the best of
2: times. It was the worst of times. Right, right. Before
1: (laughs) time began, there was the cube.
0: Now it's time for Transformers. This is (laughs) true.
1: No, uh, this is actually um, an an interesting story. I think it started back uh, when we were at work uh, one day. Uh, Christopher and I were in some existential conversation about... I believe it was marriage, not to each other, but just the concept of Makes marriage. Sense. Right. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. You have to say this anytime you have a best friend and you guys get really close. The enemy loves to come right in and immediately accuse you of doing something that's uh, unscrupulous according to Christian values. Indeed. Right. So we're having a conversation. We're talking about <laughs> um, certain aspects of, of marriage, and a uh, another truck driver came in and began to listen to our conversation, and then. As people feel the need to do in the freedom, he just inserted himself into the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, Unbeknownst and took exception to what we were talking about. And this person's not a Christian, so here we are having a Christian conversation, and this dude's talking about, you're wrong. Um, I I think from that, we ended up getting on to the flood. Back to the flood. Yeah. Back to the flood. He was challenging the. The credibility of such a story Mm -hmm. as, you know, as global and as impactful as the flood is, especially the Christian narrative, Mm -hmm. and really challenged why we would believe it, which really irritated me. Yeah. Um, Because, again, you just came in. It's not your conversation. And now you basically want to challenge us like we're complete morons for having this particular view, Mm -hmm. which you wouldn't do to a Muslim. It leaves me feeling like the only reason you do that is because Christians don't blow stuff up. But that's a different story. (laughs) Whole different topic. Uh, oh, completely. Um, but as he and I were, were engaging back and forth, um, I remember him taking exception to the idea that you could have one maritime vessel that could contain uh, all the various life forms that we see today, and we had to correct that idea and say that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that it was. Uh, he brought all the, the kinds. Basically meaning like the archetype or the primary species from which you can get the different variation of species that we have today. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily all of that. However, mathematically speaking, you're dealing with a boat or a vessel that has the cubic capacity to hold. I think it's about, isn't it about 70,000 rail cars, something like that? Something like that. It's a lot. 70,000
0: rail cars.
1: Yeah, if you're talking about animals that are basically sheep sheep size. Okay. All right, so they don't need to be full grown, uh-huh. but you just need to be the animal. Yeah. You could actually have a large degree of variety mm-hmm. on that vessel, mm-hmm. uh, but that wasn't really the point we were making. We were basically saying that, yeah, the, the idea of a flood is actually pretty sound, and you see a lot of evidence for that. So he kind of got a little indignant and challenging, challenging me, and so... Me being me, I roast the occasion.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I said, listen, man, I can give you an answer to your question. You got to figure out how you want it. He's like, what do you mean? I can give it to you scientifically, philosophically, or we can give it to you
2: scripturally. You choose. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here brand new to this intellectual approach to Christianity going. Hey, <sighs> he's new to the game. We, we can do that? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. We, we hit you any way you want. <laughs> what you want, bro? <laughs> Thankfully, my man said scientifically. Okay. Uh, which opened up the conversation to talk about what, what we just did. Yeah. Um, and he kind of walked away from like, huh, well, that's interesting. Still didn't believe, you know, but I think he at least got a better sense that Christianity is not about blind faith.
0: He didn't ask you about the philosophical front or the other front, just scientific. None of that.
1: No, but oh, I, who did, did ask me about You did. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> it's Christopher. Yeah. As soon as this guy left, I was like, Jason, Jason. I'm like, what's up, man? Can you really do that? Can you answer all three ways? Hell no, I can't answer all three ways. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Gosh.
0: So just by happenstance, he asked about the one way that you could answer? Thankfully, he
1: did. How did you answer it? His question? Yeah. Uh, what was this, like five years ago? I believe what, it, what we said was that there, first off, it doesn't make sense for the flood to be local. Mm. All right. Everything about it first—you wouldn't build a, you wouldn't build a vessel like that. You would just move. Yeah. <laughs> You'd get out the way. Right. Um, the geologic evidence that we see in the different rock formations and the different strata all speak to a global flood. Uh, the idea that we see so much variation geologically and the layers are consistent across all of the um, continents speaks to a global flood. Mm-hmm. The fact that we see marine life in elevated places speaks to a global flood. Mm-hmm. The fact that we see things that are buried, uh, civilizations buried, speaks to a global flood. So there's less to really challenge that idea scientifically and way more to support it.
3: Mm.
1: So I didn't quite have a comeback to that except... <laughs> eh,
0: yeah. Walked away, and then that yeah. was
1: that. And we also talked about the um, the the cargo capacity of the Ark, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we moved past um, the the misconception that the flood is just forty days and forty nights of rain. Mm. Not realizing that Scripture actually shows that it's about three hundred and seventy one day event. Got it. So this is this is well more over a than a year. year. Yep, exactly you're out there for a long time
3: Mm -hmm.
1: you you can't just dismiss that as though this is some local flood narrative that you know the the tribesmen believe and we here in the west and further down the chronological timeline we know better because we're a scientific community
0: well don't other areas of the world have references that aren't Christian global
1: flood actually shows up in every cultural record
0: wow I don't think I knew that.
1: Yeah. Now, there are some variations to that story that, sure. don't, that don't line up and match the biblical narrative. It sure. doesn't match the historical record of Scripture. So we don't take all of those details, but just on a broad scope, you know, high-level view, you find that everywhere. When you find something like that, that universal, common sense would suggest it must be universal. Right. not that Occam's razor?
2: You know, is it the simplest answer. Yeah. Yeah. Simplest one that makes sense. Don't mm-hmm. add more to it.
0: Yeah. That so, makes sense.
2: And even the, the dimensionality of the arc um, is really sophisticated. It, That's true. Yeah. The way that it was designed. Mm-hmm. The buoyancy. Like, the most stable, yeah. And it's almost impossible to capsize. Mm. And we didn't realize that, you know, until thousands of years later. Sure. But there's no way they would have known that and, and written it down you know without divine intervention
0: does anybody have any idea what kind of seafaring technology we had or waterfaring technology that would have existed back then during his time
1: what's you know, his water time? Well, well
0: what is that stuff
1: well no I, I mean i asked that tongue in cheek but when we one of the things that we do is we tend to look at our Present world uh-huh. and then look backwards, right. but impose the present world on the past. Right, we know of oceans and large bodies of water. You know, what is it like? Uh, 75% of the earth's surface is covered with water. Mm-hmm. But if we track this out biblically, that water that we see today would be the result of the flood catastrophe. So it's not just rainwater it's also groundwater plus this thing called a firmament
3: mm-hmm. which
1: according to hebrew legend is is a was a layer of water that encapsulated the entire planet helping to regulate temperatures increase air density and reflect sunlight and all that stuff but if you had a a a cataclysmic event that as scripture says caused the the uh, fountains of the deep to open, we hear fountain and we think water when a much, a much better explanation would be think liquid. Anything that emits liquid could be said to be a fountain. If we, we move away from water to just liquid, then you have to open up the possibility of volcanic activity. Mm -hmm. Right. So if all, if the ocean plates or if the plates of the planet, uh, are, are cracking and sediment and material is being shot up at astronomically fast rates and hitting this thing called a firmament and fracturing it causing it to collapse and all that water falls back and falls back on the planet you get whole new bodies of water that may not have been there before got it so the idea then that we were seafaring before a flood might not be accurate
0: but would, a, would people even know what a boat was? Would there be any concept of a boat? It, it
1: would seem to, you know, the, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Christopher, but it would seem uh, by, the, by the, the record that they didn't, you know, that it was something new.
0: So that makes it even more foreign that this dude they didn't over... even know what rain was. Sure.
1: You know, God says it's going to rain. The heck is that? Because the thing that we get in the record is that the earth was being watered by underground aquifers. Got it. Not from what we know, which implies then that the hydro- hydrologic cycle was different mm. before the flood than it is now. Got right. it. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. But then that means that the idea that this dude would then go building this giant structure, people around him wouldn't have any kind of
1: oh, no, concept they to of what laugh this at thing is. They had to. They absolutely had to. Yeah. But.
0: And how long did it take? 80 eight years? Why is that in I my think head? it was about a
1: year. I mean, not a, not a year. I think it took about it's closer 100, to 100 years. 100 years. Yeah.
0: 100 years just to build. Right. I can't imagine dedicating my life to building something for 100 years. he's probably doing that on top of needing to eat.
2: Probably had to eat
0: normal normal <laughs> like however they lived back then, this would have been like a side project. Maybe that's why it took 100 years. But yeah, that's wild to think about. Sorry, I interrupted your chain of thought. but
1: No, that's cool. You you were asking about that. What I was going to point to is, yeah, they were probably laughing and and cracking up, but Mm -hmm. it it wasn't as out the blue as we imagine. Mm -hmm. Because you've got Noah, who's at the end of this genealogical chain. Mm -hmm. But if you run back just a little bit, you've got Enoch that's part of that, that listing of people. And then you've got, uh, which Enoch had a prophecy that was supposed to be speaking about judgment. And if you take the entire genealogy of people that's listed in Genesis 5, starting from Adam and ending at Noah, Mm -hmm. there's an embedded prophecy contained just in their names. Hmm. Which is plausible to say that Noah probably understood all of this. Okay. Because you've got Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and then Noah. That's like the line from Adam to Noah. But each one of those names means something. So Adam means man. Mm -hmm. Seth is appointed. Mm -hmm. Enosh means mortal. Mm -hmm. Kenan means sorrow. Mahalalel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Mm -hmm. Enoch's name means teaching. And Methuselah uh, means his death shall bring. Lamech, which was Noah's father, means the despairing, and then Noah's name means comfort and rest. If you run all of those names together in a list and you take their associated meaning and run that together, you get man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching his death, that God's death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest.
0: Jeez.
1: That is like the gospel contained just in the genealogy in Genesis 5. We got Chuck Missler to thank for that. I ain't that smart. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. That's that's one of the reasons I I so appreciate him. Wow. So if if that's the case, and Enoch apparently was prophesying that, Mm -hmm. it begs, uh, or not begs a question, it raises a question, and that is why, first off, who was the oldest man in Scripture?
0: Wasn't Methuselah?
1: Right. Why? No idea. Lived the longest. Good genes, ate well. Yeah. This Broccoli. This is a good one. I like yeah. this one. Broccoli and kale. <laughs> That's all you got in a pre-flood world that you're going with? Broccoli and kale? Uh-huh. Kill me now. <laughs> bring on the waters. <laughs> no. Methuselah's the oldest person, right? hmm His name means his death shall bring. Oh. So if his death is supposed to bring... This thing happened in the judgment. God keeps him alive as a sign of his grace. Yeah. Don't let the boy die. Just yet. Yep. I got to think that Noah was in on that a little bit. Sure. I got to think that the patriarchs were passing that information down. Mm. And so when it comes time to build this vessel, it might not have been just so far out the blue. Yeah. Because remember, that's his granddad. Yeah. So I'm thinking granddad probably took him on. Plus, these people are living... It's not like 60, 70, 80 years that they're living. Right. They're living 7, 8, 900 years. I think Methuselah lived 968 years. Sounds right. That's a long time for you to learn about these things.
2: Right. I thought it was 969. Listen, it was somewhere between 68 and <laughs> <It's> 70. 70. <laughs> <laughs> this is a
1: family show. He lived 968 plus one. <laughs> so, Would you follow me?
2: Yeah,
0: totally.
1: Uh, okay. So... I don't know, man. I, one of the things that always got me was wondering: for a hundred years, could I really stick to a project like that? Yeah, knowing that I'm getting ridiculed. Right. Nobody else is coming along. Oh, look at all Noah boy here. What you building, Noah? Uh, what What's it called? A boat. You're right. Ooh, Noah's building the boat for for what's gonna happen? Rain. Ooh, what's rain, Noah? <laughs> Look, me, mm. Look, bro, you know that <laughs> I don't know what rain is, but the good Lord said it's going to rain, and so it's going to rain. Yeah. I think people are dancing. Somebody's got signs up. PETA's out there. PETA. Right. You can't cut down the, the trees. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Everybody's upset. EPA's on knowing. <laughs> you know, You don't think he's got a, a permit to build <laughs> the boat. You know, it's a whole bunch of problems. I don't know who he had help him either. Sure. Some some lines I think you suggest that he had angelic help. Interesting. Yeah. Man, I mean, I, I don't know. Or How would you
0: hoist it? up a timber back then?
1: See, again, we have this thing where I think, um, I want to say this was J.P. Moreland, but there's this notion that we have chronological snobbery.
0: Hmm. Yes, that's C.S. Yeah. That's Lewis. Is that? Yeah. Okay. I know one. I know one, guys. <laughs> I know one. C.S. Lewis. Nice.
1: <laughs> that's great. So the the idea that because we come along further down the chronological timeline, we tend to look down our nose at people before and and immediately assume that they were incapable of doing certain things. Mm -hmm. I think we can blame evolution for that. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right, because there's an evolutionary idea that we're constantly going from a place of uh, decay, if you will, and moving up from that.
0: To betterment. Right. right, but I and think it biblically. All
1: schools of thought, sorry. Right, mm-hmm. no, 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 I'm with you. Biblically, though, it would seem as though God set up things perfectly. Not like Adam, Adam was just in a uh, in the garden, right, just chilling.
0: In a hammock, sipping a pina colada.
1: Right, might have been doing that, little gazelles leaping around. He saw him, saw him. <laughs> just, ding. <laughs> yeah, literally, I had that vision. <laughs> boing, <laughs> boing. Hey, Bert, what are you doing? <laughs> just, just leaping. <laughs> you know, he's got his thing going on Everything's chill. And then he gets kicked out of the garden and the garden is like this place. Yeah. Um, it, uh, who was this? Uh, Derek Gilbert. Um, he, he raised was- the idea that the garden of Eden was enigmatic of, or not enigmatic, but was indicative of the ancient home of a God. Hmm kind of like when you see Garden, like Mount Olympus or what have you, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So it was kind of God's meeting place on earth, kind of like the outpost, the earthly outpost of heaven that he creates and man gets to interact with him there. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the whole rest of the planet was like that. Right. Adam gets, uh, with Eve, gets kicked out and then they start copulating and populating the earth. Mm -hmm. They must have had a lot of people there. With, you know, with structures and things that are going on, because by the time that Cain gets judged, he's worried about other people showing up and doing it. That's true. You know, he's it's not like he's the, the first child.
0: So let me clarify something there are like in that. Would your position be that all of humanity comes from Adam and Eve or there's Adam and Eve? They have a fall, but then there's other humans already.
1: That's a great question. I'll do you one better. Some people wonder, or some people say that there was an entire creation and culture before Adam and Eve before the Adamites. Huh? Yeah. You know, but I lean more towards, um, Adam and Eve produced offspring. Mm-hmm. I just think they produced at a higher rate. Sure. And there, again, there's nothing to suggest that it was a nine month cycle. Right. Sure. Which is what we are used to post flood. Right. So, they could have actually, lack of a better phrase, it could have been like rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> and actually grown very fast. Yeah. And it doesn't tell us how much time had elapsed from the conception of Cain to when Cain and Abel you know, had their conflict in the East. Right. And Abel. So, we don't really quite know how old he was. And
0: you brought up the point of age as well. So, if these other people that essentially came from Adam and Eve, are living these 900, 800 year life cycles.
1: There's plenty of time.
0: Do we know how long Adam and Eve would have lived? Because if they, if they're, if they, like, so I think I've heard this way back in the day that they being, you know, created by God, when they were created, they had, I don't know, purest form of genes or purest form of something, purest form of, so like maybe they, does it tell us?
1: Adam, I think, lived 932 years. It does
0: name it. And that's how we know that Methuselah lived longer than he did. Right. But still, yeah, you imagine like how many kids a human being can have right now. Someone did the math. I have a neighbor who had eleven kids, and it's 2021 right now. (laughs) So they had eleven kids. So that person. The
1: way you said it (laughs) with a certain level of disdain. It was all eleven.
0: Kids. It was all because when he told me that they had eleven kids is after we had our third and I was in the infant not sleeping. Right. I'm exhausted with three kids. You're like, how okay. did you do? So he was talking about his kids and I was like, oh, how many did you guys have? And he's like,
1: we had
0: eleven. And I think my <laughs> my jaw just hit the ground. Like,
1: how'd you do another eight?
0: Literally, right. and I was like, oh. Because I and I think he could he could pick up on my like I just don't know I don't I didn't have a response you're he's so he's like much
1: better than me I'd be like so I just can't stay off her can you yeah,
0: yeah basically it's like you know about birth control right <laughs> do you know about other things you have options you don't seem to know so
1: what we need to work on sir is your exit strategy <laughs> <laughs> you know we need you to develop an Iraq plan yeah right <laughs> you're <Really>. more Afghanistan. <laughs> I need you to ask it quick. right away. Right. <laughs> right away. That's
0: hilarious. Okay, so anyway, the, my own thought there that I'm bringing up is just the idea that uh, if these people have these long lifespans, there's lots of kids possible. Yeah, right. like
1: I was saying, somebody actually did the math. I don't have it in front of me, but they worked out uh Sounds like an engineer. Yeah, I think it was another Missler thing, but it was like probability. If you're just talking like a two, three kid family. Mm-hmm. How fast could you produce? What was shocking was that in a very, very short amount of time, you could get the global population we have now. Whoa. Shocking. And I think when they did this, it was like under a thousand years. Yeah. Under. Yeah. You could get in the billions. Wow. That, that has to change, you know, the paradigm that, that we're working in when we're looking back right. at how things work. Because, we, again, we, and we take these wonderful rabbit trails, but one of the things Christopher and I do is try to mentally work on putting stakes in conversation so we know where to go back to. Yeah. So we took this rabbit trail off of them building the, the ark. Right. You know, where they've known or, or where they've been able to move timber. Yep. It's possible, dude, that um, I mentioned in, in one of the prior, in our prior episode um, about the seven sacred sciences. Yes, the, separate the sacred scientists. Right.
0: Did it, you say scientists?
1: Science is.
0: Science is. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: it is possible that mankind had been taught about geometry, uh, you know, mathematics, mm-hmm. all of these things, and had a, a, a much more keen understanding of our awareness. I mean, not of our awareness, of our surroundings. Um, and... How the laws of physics actually behave, Mm -hmm. how they can be modified, how they can be bent, Mm -hmm. maybe in some cases tortured, if Mm -hmm. you will. Tortured? Tortured, Mm -hmm. you know, but not broken necessarily. Um, So like the idea that you can use, there there are forces that you can utilize that will allow large objects to basically float. Got it. You know, if you can understand electromagnetics and some of those types of things, mm-hmm. well outside my purview. So I don't want to try sound smart and somebody, one of your listeners <laughs> was like, that ain't how it worked, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm new to the game on that, but. Fair enough. If you, the, the, the understanding of God's created order, we may not know that well now, but we can't assume that fresh human beings are being taught by angels, having God's interaction, all of that weren't more aware of the things than had technology that outpaces ours. Yeah. Which is why we still can't figure out how some of the things that still exist from the, uh, the antediluvian age, mm-hmm. um, how they did it. Because we're still basing off of our technology,
0: isn't that like the case though with a lot of like ancient civilizations where they don't necessarily know how the how those humans way back then were able? To, even the Egyptians, I think, right? Yep. Like, how right. in the world did they do what they
3: did?
1: Well, you got to understand, God was so super ingenious with His punishment—well, not punishment, but judgment on mankind when it came to Tower of Babel. There's a lot of stuff He could have done to humanity. Mm-hmm. He changed the language. Mm-hmm. You immediately empty the brain trust. Yep. Cause you just can't communicate, right? So now all of that information dies. Yep, yep. You don't. I can't tell him how to make a brick, right? Cause he don't speak Negro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Had to right. do it. Had to. <laughs> Had to do it. I was about to say he doesn't speak brick, but I was like, ah, that doesn't cut it. No. This is it. He's he's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's funny. You know, so you lose all of that, and then you have to build up. Yeah. So I think mankind recognizes the fact that we are moving forward from a place where we were diminished, yeah. but I don't think it allows for is the fact that prior to that, we were probably well, well ahead of where we are now. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, that's wild. That's one of the scary things about technology, because I think technology right now is being used to try to counteract the judgments of God, to get mankind back to what it was before we were judged.
0: Is that the uh, is that speaking to the idea of the singularity that uh, we've passed a non-stop place with technology at some point?
1: That's all wrapped up into it, but I think broader than that, it's just the overall aim. Technology always seems to be utilized to undo something God did. Mm-hmm. For instance, you've got Google Translate that's out right now. Mm-hmm. What does Google Translate do but undo the dividing of tongues that he did at Babel? Shoot. Right? Yeah. God says, hey... Uh, be fruitful, multiply, spread across the earth. Yep. People don't do that. They congregate in cities. Right. Cities are the place where you get a lot of wickedness and a lot of evil. Right. So now we've got all of this building of different cities and different places, which violate what God said to do, which is actually spread. You know, all of these technological forms that we take. Seem to imprison us and at the same time defy God's judgments as opposed to actually helping mankind uh, get to a better place. Ultimately, technology is trying to be used to extend human life Mm -hmm. and to create some form of, of eternity, you know, where you're just not dying at all. Yep. That's the promise. That's like the Holy Grail. And we're using technology to do that.
0: Yep. There was a. Um, I don't remember if we talked about this in the past, but you talking about this now brings it back to my memory. There was a, it might have been the World Economic Forum. Yeah, Davos comes to mind where the where it was discussed the combining of the biological and the
2: technological. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fourth industrial revolution.
0: That's it. Yeah. Did I? Did we talk about that, or did I get this from a different source?
2: Um, we haven't talked about it yet.
0: Okay. That's creepy. You just snuck that one <laughs>
2: in on me, man. Oh, my bad. The yeah, yeah, idea yeah, of the fourth like industrial
0: revolution. Is that yeah, the same in as in the fourth
2: turning? I'm not sure. Okay,
1: we're going to have to look into that one. All right.
0: This is like when we need a live stream so that like, there's people listening, and then they can be like, no, the fourth turning has to do with this thing.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, no, thanks. That's yeah. beautiful. Hey, thank you,
0: Super Chat. <laughs> we need no. a wider fan base for this. Yeah, we're much wider. <laughs> much but wider. The funny
1: thing is, though, man, I'm, I personally am not anti-technology.
0: Yeah, we know I've that. I've got
1: more tech. <laughs> You've got more gadgets. tech than I
0: have tech, I, I have got more
1: tech than Apple has. <laughs> <laughs> i got stock in Apple. So it hurts when I start finding out how technology is really being used. Yes. You know, the other day, God pointed out, he was like, you know, you think you interact with your technology. What you don't seem to readily account for is that your technology interacts with you.
3: Yeah,
0: right. So I was
1: like, what? What are you talking about, Lord? Right. You know, you have screens that that we look at, but our screens affect us. Mm -hmm. Just like we're using them, you know, they they have a a reciprocated impact on us that begins to damage us, actually.
0: Yep. This is something, maybe if one of you guys want to look this up, the definition of a cyborg. On one of Joe Rogan's podcasts, uh, they talked about the fact that essentially – (laughs) that essentially we are by definition like cyborgs because we're so dependent on our phones now. We order food from them. We use them to get from point A to point B. We're just so dependent on technology now that the phones have become such an integral part of our lives that we're already part cyborg.
1: Which is actually interesting because I think, um, what is the term? I think it's robotics. Uh, genetics and cybernetics okay Um, all like a family school a family um, of thought okay I believe cybernetics has to do with thought control okay so being a cyborg is a you know comes out of that that root word okay which I find interesting if Rogan's point was that it's uh, you know taking over our minds and how we think and causing us to be less human
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's one thing, during season one I had, um, first podcast that we had on, we were talking about outdoorsmanship and then hunting and everything, and that just got me thinking about just how dependent I am on technology and how refreshing it is. It reminded me of how refreshing it is to get out and do something without a phone, like do something for yourself without a phone, whether it's like just
2: working in the yard, you got it? yeah. You want the definition of cyborg? Yeah. There's three, and they're all a little disturbing. (laughs) First one is an organism, often a human, that has certain physiological processes enhanced or controlled by mechanical or electronic devices, especially when they are integrated with the nervous system. Oof. The second definition says a person who is part machine, a robot who is part organic. Third one I think is really interesting. It says a robot who has an organic past.
0: Oh, that's
1: creepy.
2: Yeah, that literally bit.
0: went from like one level, right?
1: Right. So you know what? All of this, is, all of this falls under transhumanism mm. because that's the major move right now to blend humi- humanity with robotics. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got what they call what is that? They call it grin technologies, but it was a little hard for me to remember, so I renamed it grain. Okay. Technologies okay. to do with, like, the amount of information you can get in a grain of rice if it's nanotech. Uh, but you have, it's an acronym that stands for genetics, uh, robotics, artificial intelligence, and nanotech. Jeez. When all of those converge, that's the singularity. Um, and the, the purpose of getting all of that to converge is to blend that with humanity to get humanity to take its next evolutionary directed step and become humanity 2.0. So this is all like the H-plus movement that you see. And right now... I haven't
0: heard that term, H-plus movement.
1: H-plus, that's the transhumanist idea. That's humanism plus. Okay. So that's the idea, again, H humanity, plus two, humanity 2.0. Okay. We're, we're moving along the, the evolutionary chain, and we can't stop the train. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, a, a very disturbing uh, topic.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, But it's one that we all keep butting up against. We just don't realize it. Right. So there's already cognitive conditioning happening in Hollywood to get us comfortable with the idea of merging humanity and technology. Mm-hmm. Of course, the first thing that's going to come to mind is going to be Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But Iron Man's a little separate because he can step out of his suit. Right. But it, it, it causes you to yearn, if I could have more tech. Yeah. Oh, man, if I could have a Jarvis. Right. Yeah. Right. I did have a Jarvis. I wonder if he would have an Indian accent or not.
0: An Indian accent?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. The stereotype goes, not to be offensive, but that's like your help desk.
0: Got it. Okay. Those are the smart people. Now I got the correlation, yeah. Those are
1: the real smart ones. I mean, if I have a Jarvis and he comes on and he doesn't sound like me, he's like, hello, I don't know how I'm gonna feel.
2: Is that how you know you got the quality one though? That's what I'm thinking. Like, like that's the grade A Jarvis. Right.
1: Yep. Right. Or he's got to have a British accent. One of the two, and I'm I'm gonna know I got the expensive one. Yeah, you can't
0: have any other accent. It's gotta be either British.
1: If my Jarvis goes and he's like, what's up, bro? Hey, yeah, you're done. I need mine. I got to give it back, man. I, need <laughs> my I want
0: mine to have a Scottish accent, but that would mean that it would, I don't know.
1: No, because he might yell at you like Sean Connery. And- right, he'd be angry all the time. <laughs> right. Right? I would love that.
0: I would love that.
1: <laughs> right, or Gerard Butler. I was like, I don't know. God, I'm
0: a- that's right. He has, he's
1: Scottish. Yeah. I always forget that. So, I mean, can you imagine your Jarvis being like, this is stupid, like in Sparta?
0: <laughs> yes, I can't
1: imagine that. <laughs> You would love it, wouldn't I you? I would. Freedom! Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of space. Or you could have Mel Gibson, although he's Australian. Yeah. Yeah, you could have him doing the whole Braveheart accent. Yes. That, that would be pretty dope. <laughs> that
0: would be really dope. Well, that's the, that's his Scottish accent. I I, I feel like it was a kind of a harsher Scottish, Scottish accent. But anyway, that's bringing funny. it back.
1: So transhumanism, though. So you've got movies like Robocop. Mm-hmm. Which immediately blends the I two. I never saw that one. Isn't that weird? Exactly. It doesn't come across that way.
0: No, I mean I never saw RoboCop the movie. Uh, neither one. Neither one.
1: Like from the eighties.
0: Yeah. Which or, or because of life. our movie history, I yeah. need to tell you and confess that I have never seen RoboCop.
1: So, Christopher, what I'm hearing is that part of Truthfully Arms Outreach Program, <laughs> we need to set up a Friday night with Lance to there increase, you go. Increase, increase. I'm, his I'm all cluster. about it. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, well, but God. I derailed you, RoboCop, <laughs> years
0: ago coming out.
1: Well, even now, it's the idea that you blend Mm -hmm. humanity with robotics Mm -hmm. and artificial intelligence. And it's a good thing. It's
2: always a good thing.
1: In fact, the newer one takes more of a transhumanist approach because it it actually asks the question, is he more human or more robot? Right. And there was a time where they were, I guess within any of you guys who have already seen the movie, cool, if you haven't seen the movie... I'm going to try not to spoil it for you. Robocop? <laughs> right. Listen, there, apparently there are some people who have never seen Robocop. I, I've never met this person. <laughs> yeah. It's a rare thing. It's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> but they, they were trying to get Robocop approved in the Senate uh, w- within the, the framework of this movie. They're trying to get it approved as, okay. as kind of like a law enforcement uh, option or a military option. Mm-hmm. But they needed to answer a question, which was that, really, is this a human being who's pulling the trigger? Excuse me, or is this a robot pulling the trigger? Mm-hmm. What they did behind the scenes, uh, in this, what what they did within the context of that story to get around the legislation and that sticky political issue, was they actually talked about he's a human being behind uh, a cybernetics wall. Okay. And so he thinks he's making decisions, but really the computer is making it. We just need to slow it down a little bit. Ugh. That's scary.
0: Yeah. And this was what, in the 80s?
1: No, no, this is the recent one. This is the remake.
0: Oh, I didn't even know about that. When was there a remake?
1: Yeah, there was a remake, I oh. want to say like 2015, 2018. Really? Something like that. Yeah, it was a few years ago. Yeah. Really good. Who was in it? Uh, what's the difference? Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> More suppressive. <laughs> um, the guy who plays in Suicide Squad as uh
0: Idris Elba?
1: No, the captain.
0: Oh, oh. I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, Tall, white guy. Yes. little Lanky. He plays Robocop. Yes. he a good job. I, yeah, I can't believe I didn't even hear about...
0: I mean, I'm just apparently just so out of date with uh, with movies. Anyway, sorry. Again, I keep derailing you. No,
1: I man, this is good. This is open form conversation. We love this. <laughs> And I get to talk about movies, and Christopher can't correct me. We
0: are less scripted this time, guys, than we were. Um, Because, I mean, I think the first question that I asked, how did we get to Truthfully Armed? And I don't think we even got there yet. We're still working on that.
2: We're getting there. (laughs) This is exactly how we got to Truthfully Armed. These types of conversations right right here. Yeah, We're trying to answer it live.
1: Uh, RoboCop is one. Transcendence with um, uh, Johnny Depp is Mm -hmm. another one because that one deals with uh, migrated consciousness. Mm -hmm. He dies early in the film but they copy his entire consciousness and put it into computer code Mm -hmm. and so basically he's able to achieve eternal life just doesn't have a body. Mm -hmm. Replicas? Replicas is another one.
0: I haven't heard. I haven't seen any of these movies, you guys. Well, that's
1: good. You're not getting polluted because we have to go to it and pray. <laughs> right? And then we have right. to strip all of these things out, out of our mind. Right. You're afterwards. not as
2: embedded in the matrix, so right? That's yeah. Good. Don't feel bad about it. Yeah, that's good. That's good.
1: Yeah, but so you you get these films, um, uh, in in DC's Suicide Squad, there's mm-hmm. the actual dude cyborg, yeah, uh, has this yep. this whole thing, Um Terminator dances along this line sure. a little bit. Yep. You know, there are, there are a series of films that uh, actually are- Blade
0: Runner. That's an old one with Harrison Ford. Yeah.
2: It I have seen that one.
0: Not <laughs> the new one. No, I haven't seen the new one.
2: Okay. But you saw the original. Yes. Yeah, it's a start. <laughs> yeah. We'll take I was it. trying to figure out if you were looking for a movie that applied to what we were talking about or just one that you've actually seen. Yeah, it was really just to get to
0: one that I've actually seen.
2: Have you seen Bambi?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I have three kids. What does that have to do with cybernetics, though? Nothing. I just wanted to find it oh. home.
2: <laughs> there's robots in Bambi? <laughs> I haven't seen any of this. Well, if you watch at the very end, like after the fire, there's a raccoon that like vanishes and then shows up in a different spot. Really? Yeah.
0: You're not being sarcastic. No, nope, but if okay. you go watch it at the
2: very end, there's like it. I think the, the raccoon when getting mom on the island? is like... Yeah, when they're crawling up on the island, the mom yeah. is like licking this empty space And then all of a sudden, this this coon disappears from where he was and shows up under his mom.
0: Oh, fascinating. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, yeah, I mean, Ghost in the Shell is another one. Oh, Oh. I
0: remember that one.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw
0: the anime, though. I never saw the movie.
1: Vanilla Sky is another Uh, one. Yep, I
0: was thinking of that one.
1: Uh, Passengers. Um, The Matrix deals with mine uploading. Yep. Um,
0: You heard of Altered Carbon?
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. That whole series is incredibly dark. Yep dark yeah i was instructed to not watch it did i I tell you not to yeah i watched it i already did this don't watch it yeah i finished
0: it (laughs) i watched it too
2: i had to watch a cartoon afterwards (laughs) yes it was darker than punisher yeah how's it compared to hardcore henry never seen that worse don't 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 ever go watch hardcore no no ever
1: who's in
0: that
2: We don't know.
3: Oh.
1: (laughs) It takes, it's a first person. It it was shot in a way that was really interesting. It was very creative. Yeah. It seems like it's going to like a video game angle to it. Yeah. It's shot first person. Okay. So it looks like a first person shooter. You see everything that he's doing from the position of of you being him.
0: That's live action. Yeah. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I never saw it.
1: Yeah. You never see the actual person. You're everything is always as if you're him. You are the actual person. That's in the movie. Whoa, it, it's a it, just that alone, yeah, is a bit mind-boggling. And then the things that he's involved in, it's just it, it really messes with your brain.
2: Christopher and I had to go pray afterwards. Yeah, like yeah. we didn't even have anything to talk about. Like we walked out and just looked at each other, like, "What was that all about?" Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to get. I want you to finish your point where you were going, and then
2: um, with transhumanism.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that's the, the push right now that Satan is using to destroy humanity, but okay. also to destroy the image of humanity that God's placed within mankind, is to use our technology against us, but to use it in a way that tries to answer the original promise that he made in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. You know, God's holding out on you. You're not going to die. Mm-hmm. You'll, not, you'll know The difference between good and evil. In fact, you'll have all knowledge at your fingertips Mm -hmm. at all times. Mm -hmm. We'll be interconnected here. Or you could do the whole super soldier component. You know, you're not hurt. You can rebuild. You won't get cut. You ever see that movie, um, Blood? It wasn't Bloodsport. It was a Vin Diesel movie. Um,
0: Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I never saw that one where he's like got red or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But his whole thing is he has nanotech inside. Okay. So when he gets sliced, all of those things pull together at a cellular level or lower than that, and they heal instantly. Okay. So he's never really dying.
0: And that he's a form of a super soldier?
1: Right. And that's where a lot of this stuff is being pushed. Is where DARPA comes in. They are doing a lot of this type of study and under the auspices that we have to make sure that we reach the pinnacle ahead of any of these other countries and maintain right. military superiority. However, the people who have been pushing this type of thought, which would uh, um, Ray Kurzweil is one. Um, there are a couple other guys that are, that are really at the forefront of transhumanist thinking. Mm-hmm. They've talked at length about some of the problems that they have with it, which is that we're being compelled to invest and develop this technology but it's almost like there's an evil presence and we can't stop.
0: Sure. Like it's it's just progressing and it's almost like you're
1: just on the ride. Right. But one of the guys who's a proponent of this, and I apologize for not being able to remember his name, um, he talked about how, although he is a proponent of this particular type of technology, Mm -hmm. he wakes up in the middle of the night and cold sweats because of visions he gets. And the visions are basically like the opening scenes to Terminator, to T2. Jeez. Complete destruction of humanity at the hands of our own technology. Yet, he says, I can't stop. Right. I have to keep going. It's like something, this is his words, something is beckoning me.
2: Something is drawing me forward to keep doing this. Jeez. And and here's a question that not many people ask, um, and and we should be asking as Christians. If Jesus, in order to save us, had to come as a human, right, the incarnation of Christ, Mm -hmm and die as a human for our sins. What happens when we take that step that transhumanism is trying to push us to and we no longer become human? Mm-hmm. Right. It, is, did the price that he paid, can we still use that? Right. Like is that? Does that still apply to us if we're no longer humans? Right. That, that's a scary question. That's wild.
0: Yeah, but definitely true. Do you want to swap chairs? Jason? Uh, swapping chairs. Uh, no, I mean like trade, mine and yours.
2: Oh, is it more comfortable?
0: I don't know. Let's try it. All right. See if it's more comfortable. We're doing we're doing a live switcheroo because we've been sitting in these chairs for a minute. You take this one. It is not. I purposefully didn't give you guys those chairs because you're so freaking tall. Yeah,
1: it's not. It's not? No. Test
0: it out. See what you think. We're testing out our setup here. It's
2: what. It's not very comfortable? No, <laughs> me. you feel Um it's different, so that's That's something. All
0: right. Well, if you want to switch back, let me know.
2: All
0: right. Uh, Yeah, so continuing on. So the actual incredible freakiness of do you lose your humanity uh, based on how far we would end up going?
2: Right. Do you lose salvation?
0: Now I'm even shorter than you guys. (laughs) Well, you. (laughs) Jason's back in his original chair. We just tried to do like a shuffle. Uh, You can't see us, but... um, yeah, sitting in a chair for an extended amount of time. Now I feel like I lost my booster seat. Even though this is the exact chair <laughs> I did all of season one in, we have new chairs around our island. So. That's funny. Um, yeah, you
1: know, the question of do you lose your humanity is huge because if salvation is only for human beings and you start, you know, diddling away with that, mm-hmm. not only do you lose it, do you, do, you, and do you disqualify yourself from ever being able to obtain it? Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's a big issue. You follow me? Oh yeah, that's a major issue. So a lot of stuff that we're doing with technology is super unnerving. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff that, just being a family show, we can't talk about. But there, there's a whole nother side on the, uh, shall we say, somewhere between <laughs> W and Y,
3: mm-hmm.
1: multiplied by three. Mm-hmm. There, there's <laughs> there's a whole nother industry for things that they are doing with technology. Mm-hmm. You know, like the idea that you can—it's like on Netflix. There's a show called Love and Robots. Really? Yeah, haven't watched it.
0: And I canceled Netflix last year.
1: I keep Netflix so that I can keep a tab on what the enemy is doing, what stuff is out there. That's why it doesn't I have mean you. that I watch it all. <laughs> I just—I I know what's there just by scrolling across and seeing the thumbnail. Yeah. You know, but they have things out now where you can. Um, basically copulate with the robot, and if you have a partner somewhere else and they have a robot connected to Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: The robot or the, or the individual has the child?
1: Well, not necessarily the child yet, but just the experience.
0: Okay. Yeah. So over the internet right. relations.
1: Um, exactly, but you, you know, if, if you're... If one person is geographically separated from the other, what one person is doing with that robot is replicated with the other person geographically separated in another area with their robot. And so that's basically two people making love to robots that are respectively doing to the other what the other robot is experiencing. Right.
2: Connected through internet. Ugh. Okay, that's sick. They can also connect it to a video, so whatever's happening on the video that you're watching
0: why not take it that step further
2: right right but then there's also i mean we got things Wait,
0: that, are you saying that this this is a TV show on Netflix, right? This isn't technology. No, this, no, this, it's, this is,
1: this technology, is technology, technology that exists that exists. That exists. But the programming of your mind is something that Netflix is allowing through the TV show. Right. So it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Right. You know, hey, hey sweetheart, I'm deployed. I'm, you know, I'm gone 6 months. You know, but i want what you feel. You understand I love you, babe. Did you power up the robot? Yeah. You know, okay, hold it on. It
2: sounds so crazy. Like so, I got much, an email like so many way. other things that have happened in the past two years. Yeah. It sounds impossible, but it, it's really there. Yeah. And, okay, that's just a little kind of freaky. Yeah. You know, but just to what you can do
1: with a robot, one of the things they're working, that's on robotics. One of the things they're working on, you, Have
0: you guys seen the robots that like run the, the ninja course?
1: yeah no, I saw the one that does the flip in the air and kind of does the parkour
0: yeah it's it's, it's essentially the same thing, okay. It's just these robots that go through this whole course and they're like literally running going over tables and everything like that. It's nuts,
1: see, but now we're using technology to get into the place where um we can grow human beings from cells, you know with so you don't have to have the the god given way of copulating and producing through gestation a human being
0: i mean that's the idea of the matrix right that's how
1: yeah but think think of it in terms of a homosexual movement okay all right two same-sex partners want to have a child we can't so sorry scratch that they can't sure you know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, those, these words are important. Fuck, giving them the wrong idea. How do you know about all of this, young spears? Uh, <laughs> <that's hilarious. laughs> so uh, they, they can't have children.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Normally you would get a surrogate because mm-hmm. you would need a womb and all of that stuff. And, and you, one of them would donate, you know, sperm and, and then combine that with. With the females and produce a child. Right. What they're able to do now is to take cells from both donors, Mm -hmm. even if they're same sex, Mm -hmm. break that down and use that as starter cells to create a human being and grow that human being in an artificial womb. Wow. That's crazy.
0: That technology exists? Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that.
1: Cloning exists.
0: I did hear that, yeah. Right. These These are
1: all things that we're doing on the far cutting edge. And- you know, to some people, they're like, hey, what, what's the big deal? Anytime you begin to violate and, and ignore a boundary line, the wise thing to do is first consider why it was ever put there in the first place. Sure. Most of us don't. Right. We just go right past it, especially in technology. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pushing now towards the, the, the quantum realm. Right. Now, now, I don't mean that in terms of, of Marvel, but like quantum computing, which will allow for artificial intelligence to really get to the place where it's maybe sentient,
3: mm-hmm.
1: because you have that level of you have that capacity of information, you could almost probably produce consciousness at that point. Right. Which is scary for an an artificial intelligence to actually have that level of consciousness. Now, Elon Musk has been talking about the fact this isn't a good idea, and he's right. not a believer.
0: Right. Right.
1: Why aren't we in churches talking about this? It's a good point. We should be. Absolutely.
2: Why aren't we actually Why aren't we as churches talking about this?
1: Much better.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Very good point.
1: Yeah, we we should be. This is the type of stuff we should be preparing for, preparing ourselves, our kids and preparing our children. Yes, absolutely. Because they're getting pitched that idea over and over and over. Technology's not so bad. Yep. Technology's pretty dope. Technology makes life better. Technology can extend your own life. That's a dangerous, dangerous proposition. But deeper than that, it is a lie. Mm -hmm. Technology will not save you. Right. Technology cannot replace a relationship with the living creator God. Right. Ever. Right. You know? Yep. And you and I used to talk, we used to talk about, you know, when we get to heaven, I hope certain things are around.
2: Like, I still want an F14.
0: I used to want Mountain Dew. I don't anymore.
2: No, but I definitely you want an would, F14. of all the things you could have Mountain Dew is on your list of things to have. When there. I was
0: in college, absolutely.
2: I can see. That. I don't think
0: I was I don't think I was like super serious about it. But it but I always drank Mountain Dew all the time. Okay. Now I'd be cool with just a dragon. So you, you want an a F, dragon? You want an F24 <laughs> is that what you said or F22? No, F24? I
1: want an
0: F14. F14, duh. Right.
1: Absolutely. I want my top gun moment. Yeah. I don't care if it's slower than your dragon. i still want my top gun moment i feel
0: like the dragon would be slower you don't know actually no because an f14 that's that's a that that exists today so probably the dragon in that state would be faster
1: yeah i mean i don't know if i want to really want to ride a dragon but avatar made whatever those things are look really cool yes yeah
0: that's usually where my mind goes to when i think about that. that yeah
1: yeah i get that Oh. Avatar is another one the, with the whole blending of, uh, humanity with new technology. because mm-hmm. Basically his whole soul goes into another being, right? Like, so he, avatar. he, his
0: human body goes to sleep or whatever, but then it connects with the physical avatar being body.
1: Well, that was at the beginning. But if you follow that movie, which is by James Cameron, James Cameron is, is a pro transhumanist. Okay. Um, he had to go to, I think near the end of that film, the main character had to go to like this tree of life.
0: That's right. To get f- completely...
1: To have his soul taken out of his human body and put into the Navi body. Yeah. There, It's there again. Satan is constantly, constantly seeding our minds with this notion.
2: And another crazy thing about that movie is there was a... I can't remember the name of the Satanist, but he's pretty popular he said that he was struggling with his faith in Satan so he had spent a lot of time praying and saying hey you know if, if you're real can you show me what you look like so I can paint you so I can have this, this vision mm. of you know who I'm worshipping and he said that that night he went into a trance and just painted all night and then the next morning he looked at this painting and it, it was almost a spitting image of the avatar creatures what? in the movie yeah
0: and that's not James Cameron. That's somebody else.
2: Right. That was a, a satanist. Jeez.
0: This is some real like. That's uh, like
1: autumn. That's a, what they would call. Um, what we call as, as followers of Christ. Um, that's a demonic manifestation of like automatic writing, mm. automatic painting, mm. where you have a being that can come into a person, take over their limbs, and actually produce something. It happens quite often, and it's considered typically a mark. Of occult activity, jeez, that's one of the things to pay attention to. Yeah. So, okay, we've had this whole big long conversation, basically. Yeah, this feels like this, uh, this is. is like an
0: Alex Jones conversation almost. <laughs>
1: Alex Jones ain't got nothing
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have anything on truthfully. Island. Oh no, no, no. Right, we
1: right. Are way further out there now.
0: He because um. he was on Rogan or and or Tim Pool, but he was talking about how they have like, I don't know if this is real. Guys, I just, I, I don't know, but like pig people, pig humans, pig, they, they have successfully like hybrided. Well, they've pigs been and growing
1: humans. human uh, parts from pigs for quite a while.
0: Right. Now, this was like he, his stance was like that there are like actual creatures that exist that are a hybrid of a human and a pig.
2: I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't have any information on that. Not on that specifically, but see what you got is I do
0: need to go to my happy place. But in order to figure out what's off and what needs to be corrected, I feel like you have to kind of be ready to stare into a bit of a scary abyss that's what we're doing right now we're staring a bit that's for, that's a cut from another podcast guys we can do that with our new technology continue well, somebody
1: said the scary thing is not looking into the abyss what's scary is when the abyss looks back
0: oh yeah that's a good way to put that you did it with your voice too uh, i try. <laughs> when the abyss looks yeah. back <laughs> coming
1: to you february of 2022
0: why why don't you uh voice over trailers
1: uh, Nobody's asked you yet? Nobody has asked me. <laughs> it wasn't until I started doing this where I was like, dude, you've watched way too, movie- too many movies. I know. Because you do this stuff <laughs> for fun.
0: Yeah. It's true.
1: At a time long ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was a cube. <laughs> it was made of ice, and it began to rap. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, oh, we were talking about the pig people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these things before Congress is the fact that we that we push the idea of what are you comfortable with? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we were blending pigs and people, you know, how do we work that out? Yeah. <laughs> is that a problem? Yeah. Okay, that's on the public side. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing on the, you know on the dark side? Right. What have you been doing behind you know black ops? Yep. That you're not telling us about what's going on on offsite labs? Yep. That aren't necessarily governed by the rules of the United States government because they're off-site. And you're doing experimentation. Mm-hmm. And we're not the only country that's doing this. Right. They are really there there are rumors uh, that there are literally underground facilities that have these beings that are uh, transhumanist beings that are hybrids mm-hmm. that actually exist. The problem with this notion, the reason you can't just dismiss it. And treat it as though it's just fringe or flighty or tinfoil. This is what you would call within the the French community of Christianity is what they call nephilim technology. Okay. All right. This is this is the es- essentially Genesis six technology. Mm-hmm. All right. Not only did the those fallen angelic beings come down and intermingle with humanity, if you check out some of the extra biblical texts, the um, biblically endorse. Synchronized extra biblical text. Right, I think that's the way Rob Skiba says it. Um, Who? Rob Skiba,
0: Skiba, author. Yeah. I think you guys told me about him before.
2: Right. Um, so there are there are books um, like the Book of Enoch, the Book of Jasher, Jubilees. There's a few of them that aren't and are canon. Um, biblical
0: canon meaning biblical right. canon.
2: Biblical canon, um, but they can be beneficial um, in other ways. Missler says they're they're very beneficial um, looking at vocabulary mm-hmm. and context. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, giving us some insight onto what they believed and allow that to help paint a picture on how we interpret the Bible. Um, but there's also some places that the canonized text has referenced or quoted some extra-biblical text. So Skiba's view is that if you take, take the extra-biblical text... Mm-hmm. And the extra information, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But then where it contradicts or doesn't line up with our canon, then you just kind of have to disregard that. Because it's not inspired, but that doesn't mean that it's not beneficial in in some sense. Yeah, that's good. So when you take
1: that, you take like the book of Enoch, it goes into detail um, actually showing that it wasn't just humanity that they corrupted. They taught the mixture of all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Which is why scripture says that, uh, scripture within canon talks about the fact that sin was, it was just evil everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. was wrong. Yeah. You know, you've mixed plants that aren't supposed to be mixed with other things. You've mixed different species lines that are not supposed to be mixed with other things. It got to such a point that when you read where it talks about Noah, it says he was perfect in all of his generations. That doesn't mean morally he didn't have sin. It's really a statement of genetics. It's basically saying that his genetic information had not been corrupted by the admixture of things outside of what, what they should be. He was pure genetically.
0: Wow. Okay. Which tells
1: you then that the rest of the population had been so thoroughly corrupted. But It said yeah. that
2: all flesh was
1: corrupted. All flesh. Yeah. Not just human yeah. flesh. All flesh.
0: That's wild.
1: Exactly.
0: What does flesh mean in that kind of a context? How would you guys define that?
1: Physical bodies.
0: Physical bodies. Yeah. Down, like so, down all the way to the cells.
1: Sure. Okay. I mean, some people hold that are because we disobeyed Christ, or we because we disobeyed uh, the divine order and divine eating to not eat of. Uh, The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Mm -hmm. and and in turn decided to obey Mm -hmm. um, the ancient dragon, the serpent. Mm -hmm. That our DNA reflects that. The fact that it now has a serpentine structure to it.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's not hard to go down and say yeah, all the way to a cellular level, and even past that, down to your genetic structure. You know, epigenetics. That whole study actually shows that there is a very real physical, physiological uh, ramifications for choices that we make. Mm -hmm. And it shows up in our our genome. Mm -hmm. So there's not a separation between evil out there Mm -hmm. and how it impacts us in here.
0: Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: So when it's talking about still Noah and his genetics being pure, it's really pointing out to the fact that he hadn't been corrupted with Nephilim technology. But Nephilim technology led to the destruction of that world. Yeah. So the fact that we're getting to it here should be alarming, especially when you fast forward into the New Testament and you've got Jesus having a private briefing with his inner circle. And they're asking him, hey, man, how are we going to know when you're coming back? Mm-hmm. He starts talking about as it was in the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we,
0: Wait, is this before he gets taken up or are you referencing a different time?
1: Yeah, before he gets taken up. Okay disciples are talking all those inner circles, not just it's not all twelve. I think it was three. Yeah. Um, but they're asking him how will we know when you're you know, when the last days are.
0: Yeah, okay, I'm with you now. And
1: his main point, first he says, do not be deceived. Right. And he gives it in command form that lets you know that it's not an option. It's not just like, oops, I believe something I shouldn't be. They was they were really convincing, Lord, it's not really my fault. Yeah. His expectation is that you educate yourself and you do not allow yourself to be deceived. Yep. Because there is a coming deception that will take out the very elect. But as it was in the days of Noah, what was happening in Noah's time, this type of blending Mm -hmm. was going on. It was in the the time of Jared that the angels, and I'm using that loosely again, came down. Mm -hmm. But it was in Noah's time that you had the blending of species. Mm -hmm. That's what's alarming about transhumanism. Mm -hmm. We're doing the very thing that bought on the judgment of the flood. Yeah. That's not light behavior. Right. That that's major. Yep. Because that has the possibility of 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 ending the ball game. Yep. So it's kind of like out of conversations like this that Christopher and I were like, okay, dude, we're learning a lot. We need to start putting together something to help other people out. Yeah. It's cool to have the conversations, but information is huge. Right. If Jesus says, and all you're getting, get an understanding. Right. Or my verse that Christopher doesn't like that I use, but my people are destroyed
2: for, for, for a lack of knowledge. Yeah, um, I don't have a problem with that verse, just to go on the record. <laughs> I do not have a problem with that verse in the Bible. Fair enough. You know, if he, if he
1: says that, then we got to get serious about educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, like I said the last time I was on your show. Christianity is a knowledge-based belief system.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Satan has done a really good job of taking knowledge away from the church. Mm-hmm. Just things we just don't know and we don't care about either. Right. And he exploits that, that naivety and ignorance and the apathy that we display yeah. in order to produce our own imprisonment. Yep. And we don't want to see people getting imprisoned that way. So we figured, listen, we need to start something. And we weren't quite sure what that was gonna be. It didn't wasn't gonna be a podcast per se. It mm-hmm. uh, wasn't necessarily even gonna be a website. It it started out as an idea. For sure. And right, Then what it,
2: what can we do as the two of us to, to help other people?
1: Yeah. Right. And so we went through a few different iterations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we had something we called uncaged.
0: Okay. Uh that started. Sweet out. Name.
1: Well, it, it started yeah. as how do you want it? That's true. That that was the first one, which <laughs> came out of that that whole conversation we had. Uh, with a the gentleman there at, when we were at work. Okay, right, yeah. so which way do you want me answered? this how you want it. Yeah. So it started with that, and then it, it moved to... What was the next one?
2: Uncaged. Uncaged, Uncaged okay. Which is like
1: uh, universal need for... Christian argument. ...geared at exposing deception. Yeah. Yeah, all of that. Okay. That was a little long.
0: So let me, let me just kind of pause here. I just kind of want to like bring... <laughs> I kind of want to bring guests up to speed, right? So why why is it that we're talking about this? Why is it that I wanted to have these guys on and talk? So I need to get a little bit of my personal information out there at this point. So I think it was probably two or three years ago. I was just kind of going through life as you go through life. I had a pretty good job. I had friends at work. Uh, I was paying bills. Um, I was raising a family. I was basically just going day in and day out. I talked, when they were on the last time, I talked a little bit about my story in terms of broken dreams, pursuing aviation, that not working out, uh, pursuing becoming a pilot, that not working out, and then just kind of, I've alluded to the fact that my life felt pretty devastated in that loss, and then many, many years of kind of figuring things out from there, but just feeling generally lost. But I'm just trying to describe three to four years ago, um, maybe it wasn't even that long ago. I think maybe 2017, 2018. No, I'm right. Yeah, about three years, three to four years ago. And I, I remember things in the world were just very, as they are now, maybe more like leading up. Because right now in 2021, it's just the world is absolutely insane right now, it feels like. But I just remember back then just just getting, feeling nudges of discomfort in my comfortable day-to-day Life, And I can remember um, just something happening, you know, like all the pe- people around you with the politics or whatever, everybody having like very, very specific opinions. I had my own little opinions, but I can just remember the specific time that I just felt like I'm agreeing with pretty much everybody around me. And we all kind of just agree with everybody else, else's opinions. And it felt like I was just kind of going along mentally in agreement with, uh, again, I think the way I would word it is just going in agreement with everybody's opinions that I was around. And there was just this one moment in time, there was this specific, very high-profile thing that was going on, and I remember just kind of questioning, am I right in believing that this, this is true? I'm not going to go into the details because that'll derail folks, but I can remember just looking at that one, that one thing. And, you know, at this particular time, like parents and kids are like intensely disagreeing with each other or or whatever, like things are just so heightened. And I just remember the specific high profile thing was going on. I remember looking and I had just been believing everything. I think I had been essentially fed. That's how I picture it. And, I was just I there was just like a question in my mind. I think I started pulling at the thread a little bit. So I went and I did not wa- I did not watch anything from the news. I literally watched the thing that I had been told how what I I had been told essentially through watching news and everything. I had been essentially told this is this is what's going on. This is the truth. When I went back and I w- actually watched a long video of something, I realized that what I thought was true, that had been fed to me as true, was almost certainly not true. And I got shook. That really, 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 really shook me. Mm-hmm. And then I began to question everything. It was almost like a re-questioning. It was, this wasn't even like spiritually related, but it obviously right. ended up feeding into... Spiritual things, um, But anyway, so like over the last several years, I kind of just generally question what is presented in front of me as, as far as I can go. And I think these guys probably do it way further than I question things. I think they question things, too. So my conversations with them outside of the podcast have been really interesting and eye opening and helped me figure out what other threads I want to pull on, because I don't want to be in a position again if I can help it. Where I believe something that is very easily disproved, when actual truth is, because right now it's it is really hard, in my opinion, it is really hard, almost exhausting, and almost to the point to to feel like this is this is true, whatever that might be. It is really hard to look at something with any level of confidence and feel like this is true. You almost just like want to give up. You almost just want to like let me just see what the, what's going on in the news, and then the news says what's going on, and then, okay, well, that's how things are. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to pull on threads. I want to listen. I want to listen to people that have different opinions than me, especially if I disagree with them, because I want to be challenged. So that is a really long-winded thing for me to explain, but that's essentially what you can kind of expect for season two of the roundtable, is some of them won't be quite this... Um, This intense. Some of them will be probably a lot more like chill and more kind of maybe what you're used to with season one. But with season two, I wanted to be able to pull on threads more. So that is one of the main reasons that I'm having Jason and Christopher on is so that we can talk about some of the things that I basically know nothing about. And I think it's just really important to keep an open mind and to listen to other people's points of view, especially when presented in a way that makes you think. And then you can find the different threads to pull on, um, who really has the confidence that they know everything that they need to know about everything? Jason raises his hand
1: <laughs> and quickly took it back down. Anyway,
0: I just wanted to d- say that because I feel like I wanted to provide context for anybody that's listening. Because I don't, all this stuff that we're talking about is all like very new to me and I don't know, but I want, to, I want people to understand the reason that I want to talk about this kind of stuff and let you guys talk about the stuff that you want to talk about and let us know what you've been learning and, and, and all that. So,
1: Dude, I think that, that's dope. Um, nobody likes to feel like they're the fool. Right. Nobody likes to play that, you know, play the part of, of the moron or the idiot. Mm-hmm. And there's like a very real, a very visceral feeling that happens when you get duped. Yeah. That you, you just, if you're like me, you, you hate it. Right. You know, and for me, it drives me to want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I've normally, as a kid, been a why person. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of naturally geared towards that. But once I started realizing that there is an intentional campaign to deceive me, mm-hmm. that irks me. Yeah. And that drives me forward towards... Okay, God, that, which is the only place I know where, where absolute truth exists. Mm-hmm. Explain, right. you know, yeah. show me what's going on.
3: Yeah,
1: um, Christopher and I saw something that kind of brings what you're saying home. Okay, in a very practical sense. Sure. I sent him a, a couple of pictures the other day um, of this person. His wife picks his phone up, and she's immediately upset. Mm-hmm. Young lady, <laughs> two piece bikini. Scantly clad, obviously, mm-hmm. looks fairly attractive. Um, sent it to him, and I immediately sent the text after that, bro. I am sending this to you for a reason. Do not lust. Mm-hmm. He goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's a weird text. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. I said, what do you notice? A uh, half naked chick on my phone.
0: Yeah. Right. It's a dude. <laughs> I wondered if that's where it was gonna go.
1: <laughs> it was, but you couldn't tell. Sure. You could not tell. Yeah. I, I pulled up a video of the person and I said, watch their mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Everything about this person who was who was a transitioned mm-hmm. female. hmm Everything about them was female. Mm-hmm. The way they held their hair, their enunciations. The way they carry their body, everything. Mm-hmm. It raised the question, dude: if, if 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 something that is factually untrue is presented in a way that still looks true, mm. how do you determine what is true?
0: That's a good. That's a good way to put that.
1: We're trying to work through that. Mm-hmm. That's the world we find ourselves in now.
0: It's a very good wo- description. Very good description.
1: We're in an inverted reality. See, Scripture yep. talks about, <laughs> woe is it to the person that caused good, evil, and evil good. Yeah. All right. That That's old language to say, yo, it's going to be a bad, a bad time when things are inverted. Mm-hmm. And you're not able to properly determine your your orientation. Yeah. Now, you and I were both interested in aviation. Yep. There's a phenomenon that happens to pilots when they get disoriented that's called vertigo, hmm where they're unable to properly establish their orientation. Which what you need is you need a fixed point. Right. You need something that does not change. Right. Our entire and that way you can you can you can um, what's the word I'm looking for you can compare mm-hmm. where you are in relation to that thing that doesn't change mm-hmm. and you can orient yourself properly mm-hmm. most pilots who are unable to do that typically results in cat- catastrophe they normally are killed right. when they experience vertigo uh, our society is at that place and when you deal with things like relative truth as opposed to absolute truth yep. when everything is moving and you have no fixed point in reality to reference you can't properly determine your orientation. Yep, you are lining yourself up for a catastrophe.
0: Yep. Here's another another uh, another way to think about that too. What if you uh, get fixed on the wrong fixed point, and it's not the real fixed point, but you think that's the fixed point? There's a story that I learned in uh, when I was doing some aviation class. I think it was like aviation safety or something, and they would talk about like crashes. Okay. Basically, all we did for a quarter is talk about, like, the most notorious crashes and then how, what, what caused them. There it's was one. to be me. Very. What am I doing? <laughs> right. What am I doing? There was one where it was, it was back when you used to have flight engineers and the pilot and the co-pilot and maybe one other person. There was a light that came on in the cockpit. Okay. And that light was something that they needed to be concerned about. So they had to go through all their procedures to try to figure out, well, why is this light on? They got so fixated on that light.
1: Crashed and hit.
0: Over a very slow period of time, something happened, I think it was with the autopilot, where something was off. So the wings were literally like this. Oh, Just a very slight, you couldn't notice it. What I'm doing, guys, is I'm holding my hand up vertically and i'm showing that it's just like a slight tipping over to the right it was either over to the right or the left where the wings were one wing was just ever so slightly down so that just had that put this plane into a long turning descent and they got so fixated talking to atc i don't actually maybe they weren't talking to atc but it happened that they they weren't on their way to their destination anymore and it was this slow descent and it ended in the crash
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: That's so crazy. One light, and it wasn't even like a major alarm. They were just trying to figure out why. Because it could have been a short. The light came on. It's not a real issue. Trying to figure out what was going on. It's a light.
2: I'm reminded of
1: that pilot that I talked to when I was leaving work.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Can Uh, you tell me more? No, no, no. no. Where's that button for
2: uh, for,
1: for, uh, Starship Troopers? Do you want to know more? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Do you want to know more? <laughs> right.
1: um, there, there was a pilot that was coming into work, and I was leaving at the time. And anytime I meet a pilot, you know, I'm kind of in awe because they do the job that I would love to have done, right? And so I was like, "Dude, you got such an amazing job, man!" It was, oh, have a good Friday. And the guy was uh, really arrogant. Sure, he, he was smug. Yeah, and there's like absolutely no need to be smug.
0: Yeah, dude, you already have a sweet job. You dude, can you're tie making, it down.
1: For that company, they were making, I think, between two and 400000 a year, depending on what their rank was. Yep, sounds about right. You should be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if I'm complimenting your job. Yeah. Well, the dude was smug. He's like, yeah, okay. I said, no, seriously, man, have a good flight. So I was just doing some research the other night, and there was a situation where a crew, <laughs> you know, went out on a Boeing 767. Happened to be the plane he's flying. Sure. Yeah, they went out, and uh, they took off, and... Apparently, I don't think they were able to get their, uh, their landing gear. They got it up, but they weren't able to get it back down. And went ahead, left, went to their destination, went, and flew past the, the tower. The tower confirms, yeah, your gear is stuck up. That's a problem when you got to land. Right. So they do a controlled crash,
0: uh-huh.
1: hit the ground. Everybody survives. They bring in the cranes, lift the plane up, and um, NTSB or whatever goes inside. Yep. And they went through. Pilots followed the entire checklist. No reason why this particular the, the landing gear shouldn't have come down, and one of the NTSB people, kind of knowing some some prior knowledge from a different crash, mm-hmm. has a question and wants to know what this little thing is doing out. And this little thing he's referring to was a fuse, fuse that was on the bottom of the fuse shelf behind the co-pilot's chair, and what that fuse did was provide electrical power to the landing gear. Jeez. They never checked it. Wow. So as I'm walking out and told him that story, and this dude is at rapt attention, I said, yeah, have a good flight. Check your flight, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I just turned around and leave. Yeah. Because it's not in your checklist. That's yeah. not something that he's supposed to check. Yeah. I told Christopher, I said, yeah, I know that dude. That's the first thing when he gets on the plane he's about to check. <laughs> yep. It's going to be that.
0: But, I mean, that's, that's even, like, a good point to think about is the fact, like, so a really good pilot back in the day. They know their planes in and out. Right. They know the systems that control the plane. They know all the backup systems that control the plane. They know it inside and out. Something goes wrong, that dude has such a knowledge because it's, that's it's the one plane into them. drilled into him. Right. That's what they need to do.
1: That's one thing that always like kind of stood out to me. That was the thing they said was so impressive about Sully. Sully yes. had such a command of that particular airframe that he was able to skip procedural steps and immediately tell his co-pilot to put on the, uh, the auxiliary power unit in case they lost power, they would still have some form of control. But mm-hmm. that was like step 10 or 11 on their checklist. Yes. He knew immediately do that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, well, what, what freaks
0: me out about that or what, what what that's making me think about in terms of like this whole conversation is the idea that when you're flying, you get to this point and you got to go through your checklist it's right. literally, I mean, in my tiny little Cessna that I was flying, I had to go through my pre-flight checklist, my takeoff checklist. There's, there's sub-checklists of your checklist that you got to go through. Right. And then when you come in for a landing, you got to go through all your checklists.
1: Right, the pre-landing, the landing checklist, all of that.
0: You get dependent on that checklist, and you don't think outside the box anymore. Okay. So if everything is working as it should, your checklist is great. What happens when your checklist doesn't work for your scenario which i think is how i feel in life right now especially in terms of like the larger life we all have our checklists to make sure everything's working in life correctly
2: right. okay
0: i have my job i'm making my money i'm feeding my kids checklist 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 well right now we're in some psychotic times where <laughs> things just aren't happening the way they usually happen we don't have a good checklist
2: well I- I would actually disagree. I think we have a fantastic checklist. Tell me more. But it's not uh, presented in such a way. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about in uh, the last episode with you is that Genesis anticipates Mm -hmm. all of these false ideologies that come up. So if we really go back to the Bible, it gives us a checklist for any scenario that we might come up against. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if we're not familiar with it, that's why I mean. Sometimes it's a, it's difficult to read through the Bible and feel like you're getting things out of it, because because yep. that section might actually be a checklist for a scenario that you're not dealing with right now. Right. <clears throat> so it's it's hard to to know how to extrapolate the the information that's pertinent to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we actually have that checklist.
0: That's a really good way to put that, and I think that's kind of what I was alluding to when I was explaining all that. Obviously. So like, My bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, was, I was putting it out there because I wanted to see what you guys would say about it. I don't okay. even necessarily think that I would have had that particular answer that way.
1: I didn't mean it like that at all. <laughs> I think someone once said that the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Ooh, that's good. Right, I like, I like that one. Yeah. I actually like battle instructions before live engagement. Sure. But that's another one. I'm just more geared towards <laughs> combat. Sure. Problem, you were talking about uh, checklists is if you get a checklist, but it's not from the manufacturer.
3: Mm-hmm,
0: sure.
1: That, that's a big problem. Or if the manufacturer has left out key information. Like, this was the problem in the Boeing 737 MAX series. They mm-hmm. didn't include critical information so mm-hmm. that the operators, the pilots, would have that information at in hand in order to make an educated, smart decision. Yep. That's what's so keen about Scripture. God doesn't leave those things out. Hmm. We really do have a good checklist, even for right now. The problem is the world gives us a substitutionary checklist, and it does not cover what we deal with. Mm -hmm. And everybody's working off of it. So the the, the worst thing is, you know, you look at your checklist, and I don't see what I need. Mm -hmm. You do the most natural thing, you ask your friend. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, man. (laughs) Hey, does this all line up? Yeah. He he looks at his checklist. (laughs) yeah man <laughs> this is looking perfect <laughs> yeah i I don't, I don't see what the problem is, and everybody's making the same the same error, yes, you know so getting yes. getting um oriented correctly from the right fixed point yeah is absolutely critical, and I'm of the opinion that that's Christ, and that's the Bible, yeah, that's the only thing that I think will actually help us navigate where we're at in this you know at this this time in our history,
0: yeah. That's a good way to put it. I think the, the ch- <laughs> you go through your checklist and then you say, hey, let me see your checklist. Yeah, that's, that's my <laughs> checklist. But then you get that false sense of like, yep, this is the right, right. Is the right mode of opera- operation or whatever.
2: Right. And it's all relative.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because neither one of us probably knows that we got missing information.
0: Which is always the key. Yeah. And then because uh, that makes me think of you remember because so we still have Amazon Prime. We don't have Netflix. We don't have Hulu. We don't have pretty much anything else. But we do have Amazon Prime, and apparently they are on a Tom Hanks kit, because cause there's a lot of Tom <laughs> Hanks movies that we found on there: Sleepless in Seattle, Apollo okay. 13, The Terminal, uh, and probably a couple others. But we watched Catch a Me Apollo, If You Can. Ca- yes, that's yeah. on there. Yeah, we watched that <laughs> this week. But uh, Kim and I watched Apollo 13 again. I haven't seen that movie in like years, but we watched it like three years ago. It's like one of my favorites. Yes. And talking about checklists, they obviously have all their checklists, but they had to figure out what the machines could do that they weren't even designed to do to get out of the pickle that they were in. But that's kind of like when I think about life right now, I want to be, I want to challenge myself to the point where. I'm being more responsible than I've been in the past. I'm informing myself more than I have in the past, so that, for points of this conversation, so that I do have the right checklists in place, and I know where to find those checklists, and then how to go through it. Because, like, even when you were bringing up like the Bible as being like a really good checklist, I obviously agree. And then you also said the thing about like what you're reading today. It might be hard, but that might not be the right checklist i'm putting that in quotes right for something right now that might be for something later so i don't know can you guys maybe give me your take on that like when you're talking about like the bible being you know kind of like the go to the fixed point in this conversation like kind of how does that look for you guys practically especially now like post post all of your your upbringing your meeting jason and then finally getting that like intellectual I'm getting questions answered. I know how to start like looking and building through this stuff like so now in your in your guys's i guess stage of life how how would you talk to people about practicalities i guess
2: practicalities of the, of the bible
0: mm-hmm
2: um jeez that's a
0: or maybe I should word it like you like how you how you practically use the Bible and how that being your fixed point becomes like checklists in different scenarios in life. So like the solid rock to stand on.
2: That's a, that's a good question.
1: You can
0: answer any of that or part of that or none of that. <laughs> we well, you just
1: looked at Christopher. I didn't want to take his thunder. Um, I definitely have something in my mind. Both, both of oh, you. If you got it. something, go ahead. Well, I'm immediately thinking of Ip Man. Okay. What, it what man? Ip Man. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Kung Fu... Uh, Grandmaster, yes. <laughs> one of the reasons I, I I like Wing Chun so much, um, it's a very basic style. Mm. You know, part of you being able to demonstrate that you're a master is you stand in what I believe is like a, a one foot cube or whatever, basically a box. Okay, yep. And you have people that come to attack you, and you have to defend yourself basically within that square. Mm-hmm. You don't move out of that. That's like the equivalent to me of standing on scripture. Got but it. But th- that. Defense style rests on several basic forms and functions. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much makes it so effective. Mm -hmm. It's not this really elaborate, super complex form. Mm -hmm. It's very, very basic. It doesn't matter which way you come to attack. It doesn't matter if you're throwing a punch or a kick. Yeah, okay, they may come from different directions, but they're still kicks. Mm -hmm. They're still punches. They're still attached to a body. Mm -hmm. So and then counter basically the same way mm-hmm. because everything breaks down eventually to its core component parts. And so if you know how to address the core component parts, you don't have to worry about these super complex ideas. You have to just get to basics. Right. So we're talking about scripture. One of the things that helps like in in days now, you know, in the times that we're dealing with now is reducing things out of their the complex propaganda. Sure. Fashion that they're delivered, and getting to core doctrinal issues. Mm-hmm. You know, so if something's being presented at me and I know it's causing me to fear, mm-hmm. all right, that's a doctrinal issue. I've got a response to that, no matter what the danger is. Fear is not the language of the Father. Mm-hmm. So if this is making me afraid. It means then that I'm speaking a language that's not the same as what my father speaks, what God speaks, and I need to start first turning my ears off mm-hmm. and re redressing my focus somewhere else. Even if it's uh you know, even if it's blaring. Yeah. And it's saying that I should be afraid of this. I'm not supposed to be afraid. If I have things that are making me feel like I'm out of control, there are specific scriptures that talk about God's sovereignty and the fact that He is in charge of everything. So mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm in control. Mm-hmm. I just need to be okay with the fact that the person I answer to is the final authority. Mm-hmm. That's getting back to some of the more basic components. Does that make sense? Yes. And so for me, being able to break that stuff down into its component form is really important because I think as soon as that's done, mm-hmm. it really helps us be able to identify that's the lie right there yeah that's what was embedded behind three or four layers that you couldn't see when it came at you. you know a lot of the stuff that we deal with is so intentionally complex mm-hmm. um, and it's not really done from from one human being trying to make it confusing. a right. lot of the stuff is spiritually influenced mm-hmm. so they understand our physiology and our makeup yeah and they understand how to present an idea how to get it past you know your your your, your frontal cortex, mm-hmm. um, how to get it past your reasoning, how to make it emotional. I don't think most of us realize how many emotional appeals are made to us in the form of uh, rational thought. Sure. But it's not really rational. Right. It's not an appeal to logic, it's really an appeal to our emotional state. We turn the news on. 90% of the news is, is designed to induce fear. Right. But they don't come at you like, hey, I want to make you afraid on six on. You know, so this, this tonight at six. <laughs> yeah. Why wow, you should be afraid? Right. No, 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 no. Hi, we have 1.2 million new confirmed cases. My God, 1.2 million. Yep. Oh, huh. this is this is rough. Yep. You're already afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, listen, the dollar fell today. Not the dollar.
0: Not the dollar.
1: Yeah, you know, I can't even go <laughs> back to McDonald's and get what I would normally get. You know, you, you start worrying about things, but it's specifically designed to get you to worry. Right. So are you going to go to scripture and see something about the worth of the dollar? No. But what you will see is God reminding you that he's your sufficiency, mm-hmm. not your government, mm-hmm. not your job, not even the, the financial system that you have gotten used to. Right. That's not your sufficiency. So constantly getting back to basic promises, basic concepts is, is imperative. You mm-hmm. know, I find it interesting that I, I believe if this figure is correct, I believe in Scripture, it says, don't be afraid 365 times.
0: Uh, same now of the days of the year.
1: Right. Which would be kind of, if that number is right, it would be interesting that God knows that you're going to be afraid every day. So it's constantly reminding you, don't be afraid. Yeah. Not That's a hard one for me. It, it's a hard one for me. And Christopher will tell you. <laughs> <I've got laughs> a litany yep. of things. That I'm afraid of. Yeah. And they're all rational. So I already yes. know you're looking at me, you're like, yeah, but that's irrational fear. No, they are all <laughs> rational. Yeah. Sharknado was not a fictional film, it was a documentary right. warning film. Yep. Every time they got a hurricane hitting, I'm like, sharks, anytime. Yep, anywhere. Right. I, I got to pay attention. Yeah. No, the, the uh, not fearing is huge. Yeah. Um, and and we are constantly invited mm-hmm. to be afraid so frequently yeah. Um, we're constantly told that we're on our own mm-hmm. um, that you have to make it on your own and your worth comes from what you do or what you own yeah. not from who you are these types of ideas that are embedded in our mind either from um, our schooling or from our entertainment become linchpins in our thinking as we grow up
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and then constantly the work of of <laughs> the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of fellow Christians is to start weeding those things out, mm-hmm. so that you know we can think clearer about that. Right. That's the effectiveness of Scripture. Scripture deals with things on a uh, on a fundamental level, mm. and you always find one of the criticisms of Scripture is, "Well, why doesn't it just tell me this flat out?" Right. You know, why doesn't it just say that you're not supposed to smoke, or why doesn't it say I can't sleep with her? Yeah, The other criticism is that it's, you know, Scripture, it's, it's too thick. Mm-hmm. There's too much there. So if God said everything, point blank, shut up. <laughs> 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 you saw me trying to choose my words yeah, very yeah, carefully. Yeah. <laughs> if God said everything in, in a straightforward fashion, we would never read the Bible because it would be like the tax code.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point.
1: You know, so anticipating that, he puts things in in a principled fashion. Mm -hmm. But we're not taught to think principally. Correct. We're taught to think in moment by moment. Yeah. And that produces problems. Yeah. You know, so we have to be reassured constantly moment by moment until we learn to apply principle and principle supersedes the momentary. Right. That's why I like stuff like the practical Wing Chun and Ip Man, mm. because he can defeat all these other different martial arts types, not by knowing them, but relying on basic form and structure of Wing Chun, which counters all of this stuff once it's broken down.
0: Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good way to put that.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it's easy uh, to get distracted, like we've been saying. You know, you're invited to be afraid. Yeah. Um, sometimes the, the world seems so complicated Mm. And, and like you were saying, it's hard to tell what's true or whatever. And I spend a lot of time um, listening to debates, you know, between Christians and atheists or people that have opposing viewpoints. Yeah. And I'll get caught up in their word usage or whatever, you know, how, sure. how they're trying to formulate an argument. And i would bring it to Jason. Be like, I've been listening to this. And this bothered me all day. And he's like, oh, well, what about this right here? And the very core point of this extravagant argument was, was completely off, mm. but because I had gotten caught up in it, you know, yeah. listening to all the words that they were using and they sounded smart. And I was like, man, this one's really messing me up. He's like, why? Yeah. Just right here is where it's messed up. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so if, if we learn to use the Bible like that, um, it's so beneficial. Yeah. Cause the world throws all these ideas and all these words and all this confusion at us. But if we can really break it down, just go, oh no, this this piece right here is why it's wrong. Yeah, and not get swept away and and all of the confusion and fear and and things like that.
1: Like a great example of that is yeah. when um, Satan came to talk to Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, if we read in Scripture and we read in it carefully, you see that the language that was used is "Lord God, Lord God, Lord God," and the Lord God said, and the Lord God did, and the Lord God blessed. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm busy. I got I got Big Bang to watch. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we, we just get to the point. What did you do? That's yeah. all I want to know. Yeah. We, uh, somebody once said, you either go by, go by things too fast or you let them go past you too quick. mm You know, well, when I read scripture, I don't always slow down to consider what it's saying. For sure. In this example, that Lord God piece is critical. The fact that it says that basically is indicating the covenantal relationship that he had with his creation. Mm-hmm. Right? Just off the bat, your covenantal God who cares about you and loves you to your core did X, Y, and Z. hmm Okay, now here comes Satan. First question to Eve, did God really say? Like mm-hmm. Eve goes to answer, what's wrong with the question?
0: Did God really say?
1: The problem with the question is that it is phrased inaccurately, mm-hmm. on purpose. Mm-hmm. He phrased it: did God really say, as opposed to, did the Lord God really say? By taking Lord out of out of that phrase, especially given the original language, mm. he removed the covenant part. Got it. So it's just like saying that that guy over there, instead of the person who really cares for you, created you, and loves you, really say, hey, did that dude over there say this?
3: Yeah. Totally wow.
1: changes the dynamic. Right, That's right. That's one word. mm Right. That one word usage or omission set the stage for the level of deception that we got to deal with now. Yeah. If it's that important, then that means we got to pay attention to it. Yeah. You follow
0: me? Totally. That's good. That's good. For sure. So look at that. We're at an hour and 40.
1: (laughs) We were only talking for six minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's six now. It was five before. Right. So let's start, uh, let's start getting towards wrap-ups here. So you guys have Operation Red Pill podcast happening. Correct. What do you want people to know about Operation Red Pill?
2: Uh, well, uh, Truthfully Armed covers a lot of different things, but the focus is on three primary battlefronts. Uh, Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie. So Battlefront Alpha is demonic education. Okay. Our battlefront, Bravo, is satanic mind control, and Charlie is the New World Order. Okay. So we kind of break down the things that we're dealing with as Christians uh, mm-hmm. into these three categories mm-hmm. and shed some light on them.
0: Okay. That's awesome. So, about, like, how long would the episodes be?
1: You know, we, we probably want to keep it to about an hour.
0: Hour long? Yeah. Where can they find it? Everywhere.
1: Um, I don't know about everywhere, but we're going to release it to the major uh, streaming services. So it could be on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, you know, Spreaker. Okay. Uh, should should be pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Your favorite podcast. Right. <laughs>
0: and we'll have links in the show, both this one and the other one that we did with with them. We'll have links in the show for uh, the podcast once they once we get them. Right. Um, you, we'll also have... Make sure that we'll, we'll have Instagram posts on Lancelot's roundtable once they do go live as well. Um, can you guys give us a teaser on what the first couple episodes are going to be about?
1: Um, what we wanted to do was actually cover these battle fronts. Um, so the very first one's going to be on demonic education. Okay. You know, looking at compulsory educational system here and breaking down really what its intention was, what mm-hmm. its history is, but what its aim is now. Mm-hmm. What you know, we send our kids away from us into these systems uh, for after 12 years. I think it's about 15,000 hours mm-hmm. of instruction that they get. That is typically more time than what they get at home.
3: Mm.
1: You've uh, we've allowed a system to indoctrinate and raise our, our, our children.
3: Yeah,
1: what is it that they are pouring into them for 15,000 hours?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What is it that that produces? So we you know we get into that and want to peel that apart a little bit. Um, second one will be as Christopher was saying on on satanic mind control mm-hmm. so that one will be dealing with uh, the mechanisms in play in not just modern America but across the world the schools, the institutions that make it their purview to socially engineer or reengineer society and what that goal is you know how are we using um, you know news entertainment or technologies to Break down our minds, mm-hmm. further and dumb, dumbing us down from an educational system that did a phenomenal job, you know, to the point then that we are being manipulated. Are we under a a a Not a matrix, but are we under a campaign to control us? Sure. And then we move into Battlefront Charlie, which is the New World Order, you know, but where we are dealing with absolute totalitarian control. Mm -hmm. What are the mechanisms and things being put in place today that are part of that? You know, looking at the stuff that we see on a daily basis, it just doesn't mean too much to us. And breaking that down from a Christian perspective to be like, look, this is Satan trying to set up his kingdom. It Mm -hmm. will not appear that way. Mm -hmm. But this is really what the people who have put that in play are thinking. This is what they said they want to do. So we want to get into all of that. And then finally, we want to do what's probably the most important episode, which is why we believe the Bible to be true. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the framework that we work from for all of these fronts. Right. Yeah. And so we want to kind of explain that to people. Yeah. But I think that people will find this, um, we hope, interesting. Yeah. Because we're not after stuff that's just wrote. You know, we're not trying to waste people's time. Yeah. We really want to make it interesting so people realize they wake up to the matrix that they're in mm-hmm. uh, and they see that this is perpetual deception that we 're being locked into yeah start fighting your way out yep while you're alive yep. get as much freedom as you can with the hope not just of saying this is all the bad stuff that's going on that's not really our aim our our biggest aim is to introduce people to Christ, but we need to move some of the obstacles in the way. Mm -hmm. So if you've gotten, you know, preconditioned to demonic thinking when you were a kid in school, you're probably not too open to the idea of Christ. Right. If you're spending, what is it, like eight hours a day on average an American spends in front of television, five to eight hours in front of a screen? Sure. You're getting programmed by Netflix, by, you know, Prime Video, Apple Plus TV, Disney, Hulu. You're getting programmed with satanic thinking. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't look the way you think it would look, mm-hmm. but it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right, you got—we have to wake that person up and remove some of those obstacles. So when we say, "Listen," the answer is not more government. Mm. The answer is not more technology. Mm-hmm. The answer is not more education. The answer is Jesus Christ. That is the one thing you're not being told. Yeah, that's true. So that we don't—we don't want these people to become slaves within the New World Order.
2: Yeah. Right. And we're going to hit it pretty hard, but we don't we don't want people to just listen and and believe everything that we're saying. Sure. You know, we're not. um, It's less about the exact information that we're bringing and more about um, helping to enable people to assess the information that's put before them. Right. So, you know, question the stuff that we put out there. Question, you know, all the things that are presented before you. And we want you to test and see, you know, is the Bible really reliable? uh, Is it reliable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you trust it? Because Mm -hmm. if it's real, then it's real, and it's got to be. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of stuff that people listen to that they might not like this and might not like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, give us the grace to to be wrong or to maybe cover some things that you might not agree with. Um, But just come with us on this journey on how to assess the the information and ideas that are put before us. Right. We're not going to
1: waste your time. You know, it's going to be dope. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you now, the first three episodes are going to hit hard, and the fourth one's going to shift gears and be just as dope.
0: Are they fire? Lava?
1: <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, it's got like a little lava feel to
2: it. That's
0: amazing. I think you guys just answered my the last question that I was planning on asking. I'll go ahead and ask it. anyway to see if there's any way that you guys kind of want to, I don't know, restate it. Um, Kim and the kids are outside, okay, ready to come in. I think I told her to come in just to, I mean, it's totally fine. This is a, this is a, this is a small town operation. We don't, (laughs) we're not doing a bunch of stuff there, but Christopher, I like what you said at the end there about like challenge what we say, take it with a grain of salt, come with questions, ask your own questions. They can reach you guys. I would imagine you'll have a way to reach out the website. I know that they can ask questions. People can ask questions
2: at the website, or you can find us on uh, Facebook.
0: Okay. Oh, that's right. The, what's the fa- Is it just called Truthfully Armed, Truthfully armed. on Facebook? Yep. You're going to have an IG?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, we do. But,
1: yeah, if you reach us online at um, truthfullyarmed.com. Okay, perfect. And then, like you said, Facebook, there's an Instagram, and we have Twitter.
0: Oh, so, yeah, I yeah. haven't been on Twitter since, I don't know, it's been a while.
1: Yeah, or send us an email.
0: Is it just truthfullyarmed on Twitter? I don't know how to. Yeah. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, or send us an email at redpill at truthfullyarmed.com.
0: Red uh, redpill at truthfullyarm dot com. That's an actual email that people can email you. Yeah, yep. cool. Okay. And we love getting those. So the uh the last kind of question is like so from the perspective of somebody who is not a Christian and maybe a perspective of somebody that is a Christian and they hear what we've even talked about and there's just been like from a non Christian perspective, like this is this just sounds like too much, what would you maybe How would you address it if they were here and they were like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know.
1: They were like, what? They didn't know if they could believe scripture or? No,
0: just like, this is a lot of information. Like, how would I, like, how do I even begin to digest it?
1: Bite sized pieces, same way you eat an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, But I mean, they're absolutely right. And I think part of the misnomer is that people might look look at us and assume that we didn't have to go through these same steps. Good point. You know, I, I can't speak for Christopher, but I'm, I'm not that bright. <laughs> Just we it, lad. It's been a process. Right. Mm. Now, it- I don't have the huge memory quotient and all, and all of that. This, you know, I didn't come pre-programmed like Neo. Mm. You know, this has been a process of learning, uh, but the learning has been fascinating. Yeah. Um, and what motivates me, again, is not wanting to feel um, manipulated. So a person who says, like, you know, I don't know if I can get behind that, I'm probably going to be a bit more curious as, do you feel manipulated? Are you paying attention to what's happening, you know, that's going on in the news, and the world? Tell me something that you see that's not calling causing you some sort of alarm.
0: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Correct. And as agree. soon as you start identifying something, like we were talking earlier, breaking down the basics, that's my entry point. Yeah. So to that person, I would say... Give it a chance. Take it, you know, piece by piece. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would also ask, what would it take for you to be convinced that all of this is true?
0: Mm. Like how much more?
1: Well, if you could be convinced, whatever that threshold is, Mm. would it cause you to come over? Mm -hmm. Would it cause you to really look at Christianity and give it a serious consideration? Mm. That's all you got. Essentially. Right. A person has to determine the same things. Everybody's got a belief system. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the quote-unquote, I don't believe anything. You still have to answer the same questions that I got to answer. Yeah. You just try to leave it blank. Mm. And then at the other end of the equal signs, you try to put something in there, and you can't show your work. Yeah. I can show my work. Yeah. Right. So if we could help you work through that, would you be willing to, to honestly consider Christianity. And the person says, yeah, hey, we could work. If they say no, then you know it's not really about I can't get behind this. There's not enough evidence. Or it just doesn't make sense. You know it's a heart issue. Yeah. You don't want to get behind it. Yeah, That's not necessarily a person I think Christopher and I can help. Yep, but A person who is willing to investigate, that's willing to be uncomfortable with not knowing or maybe having their presuppositions challenged mm-hmm. like we were, yeah, but you know, kind of work through that step by step, yeah, bite by bite. We can get down with that person,
2: yeah. Right? And then to somebody on the other the other side that maybe has had some questions, and you know, by listening to us, we connect a lot of things, and it it seems scary, or what am I supposed to do now? You know, all of yeah. this stuff that I was concerned about ends up being real. Uh, we were talking about it just the other day, and if when you first wake up you don't just go running across the room, you know, to start your day. You know, one of the first things you do to waking up is is to get oriented. Mm. So there's a lot of information that we're bringing to the table, a lot of things to consider. Um, The key thing is to just move slow, be oriented and, 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 you know, be able to put together a plan uh, after that. But there's no reason to listen to us and get scared and just you know, turn into a fanatic all of a sudden. <laughs> because, I mean, some of the stuff is scary when you look at it. Yes. You know, when you start dislodging the lies that we believe for a long time, it's uncomfortable. But just deep yes. breaths. Uh, we can trust in Jesus, and uh, we'll, we'll make this work. It is an abyss. I like how you said that.
0: I like how you said that. Um, last question. What's the point?
1: Uh, that's the an effect. The Megan effect. Yeah, we, there's this thing that we got that's called... Uh, named after our good friend, Megan, mm-hmm. uh, that basically is when you you take what you know and when that collides with the question of how should you live, it produces the Megan effect. Uh, I think the point is exactly what Jesus said, which is to not be deceived. Mm-hmm. There's no hope if you're deceived. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really, I won't say you can't wake up, but if you are thoroughly deceived, there there's not hope. Something has to come along and help you understand what is true. Yeah. So the the point is to learn what is true. Yeah. So that we can act in accordance with what's right. And that is walking in a relationship with Christ. Right. Yeah. Cause if you don't, you got an enemy that's that's coming for your soul, coming hardcore, and he's not playing. Right. You can ask what the point is. You know, not you, but you know, a person might ask what the point is, flippantly, like, who cares? Sure. There are billions of dollars being spent to mold your mind. Somebody cares. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They care a lot. And if you don't decide what you will stand for, you will fall for anything. Yeah. You will be a statistic on, on a lab report somewhere. Yeah. Uh, why it matters and what's the point is that the person that's asking that question is who matters. Mm. That's the
2: point. Yeah. Yeah, because ideas are powerful. I mean, we can look at the last two years and just a shifting in in everyone's comfortable ideas. We have suicides, uh, drug abuse, domestic violence. Everything is through the roof. And and whatever pandemic we're suffering is not causing people to be violent and and overuse drugs. You know, Mm -hmm. the ideas... That, are being, that have been expressed and the ones that have been dislodged in this is causing catastrophic effects in people that aren't well-grounded or don't think that there is hope. So, you know, we're truthfully armed and we say that we're here to arm you with truth, but truth isn't just an accumulation of facts. Right. Truth is found in a person and that person is Jesus Christ.
3: Mm.
2: And it's just as... Uh, I like that.
3: That was good. <laughs>
2: And, and having a relationship with that person is important. You mm-hmm. know, you can look statistically, you know, who your friends are makes a huge impact on, on who you become. Your relationship to your father and your mother makes a huge impact on who you are. So is it at least possible that a relationship with the creator of the universe might have a huge impact on who you are and mm-hmm. the direction of your life?
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Very well said. Well, I could probably... Sit here asking you guys questions all for the rest of the day. But okay, go ahead. What's your name? <laughs> but we are definitely at time. So and Kim is back with the kids. So yes, if you didn't pick up on it, Kim had to leave to go get our children because we live a normal life and we have children.
1: And the house did not burn down.
0: The house did not burn down. You guys right. had some leftover pizza. It's been a great day. For sure. Um, Thanks for coming on again, guys. Look forward to having having you. Really looking forward to the launch of uh, Operation Red Pill soon.
1: Yes.
0: We will be looking forward. So, thanks again, guys, for coming on. We'll see you next time. Absolutely.